0: Hey guys, I'm Danny,
1: And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast.
0: Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family. From the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Your Living Proof Podcast.
1: You guys, it's been a minute.
0: You didn't even let me finish. This is number 54.
1: It is. But seriously, it feels like a year since we've recorded and I've missed it.
0: It's one of those days she's like interrupting me and cutting me off.
1: Well, sometimes you need to be put Oh my in gosh.
0: I, okay, before we get going, I'm just, let's just be raw. We just had a moment in our car right before we came to record this podcast. And I just want to say this is, what, this is one of those small examples of many that explain why being married at some times feels like the hardest thing on planet Earth to do. Serious? Okay. I mean, statistically, if you look it up and search it now, I think it's actually just a tiny fraction more than half of marriages don't last now. And I'm like, gosh, there's so many challenges. But even when you're so connected, you both love each other, you're both faithful, loyal, committed, doing all the things, it's still hard. Facts. <laughs> We're sitting there, and I'm staring at my wife. we in I, the driveway. I'm, I'm like, telling Let's this go. from my perspective, but it, it's from my perspective, and. As far as I'm concerned, it's the truth. I'm staring at her and then she says something and then I'm staring at her again. And finally she's like,
1: No, he keeps staring at me and then he's like, Are you good?
0: Oh, and I said, Are you good? good? Well, a minute ago I said, Are you okay? Because you know, the mornings are tough. Kids get under skin rattlers, all the problems, there's just variables. So I was like, Are you good?
1: Yeah, I'm good.
0: And you kind of snapped at me.
1: No, I said, why are you staring at me like that? Like I, like you're about to, you're trying to figure out how to tell me something like just absolutely horrible. No, but you also said, is something wrong? Like,
0: is there something wrong? Like, (laughs) like just something, do I look wrong or something? And I sat there and I was like, you know what? I did swear. I was like, this is bull. Crap. It's not what I said, <laughs> but, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I, I'm staring at her just going, I mean, licking my chops going, Oh my gosh, you have had all my children. We've been married for this long. And I, I just, I just want you like a f- kid wants cake. I yeah, was like, I'm
1: like, can you just spit out what you need to? So we. I can was go? just like,
0: I am so attracted <laughs> to you. Like I, I'm very distracted right now yeah my hormones are at 10 staring at my wife so this is just so ridiculous because i'm sitting there staring at her going oh my gosh she's gorgeous and it's like stirring up that viking side of me as a man and i'm like, looking Bruh. at him
1: like why are you looking at me like so
0: that?" so stupid <laughs> okay when they say men are from mars and women are from venus
1: that's a true story
0: gosh they it's really so are. hard like i mean it's so hard it's so complicated
1: it's okay though it works out in the end.
0: I just still though I, I am attracted to you, but I'm also a little bit annoyed. Yeah, it's okay. So we were also wondering. Um, we had two topics on our conversation this morning. One uh, was regarding what daylight savings time.
1: Yeah, like I would like to like have a bill passed in Utah where I live, but I I think all states should. I mean, I know Arizona. We're not the only place has, that does it. We need to like not have it anymore. It's got to be done because even now, like that we've gained a little bit of sunlight. My chickens are laying their eggs more like I'm a little bit happier that I can like just count on seeing the sun a little bit longer every day yeah. when yeah. when I do get to see it. Yeah. But on top of that is mental health awareness. Yeah. The
0: other topic we're like, you know, how, what do we do to change the date? Because May,
1: May is mental health, May awareness is mental awareness health month.
0: awareness month, which is a, a topic that's actually trending more than every month has things, right? Like there's like, yeah, sure. But that, that topic just unfortunately in society is one of the top things has meant people's mental health. But it's
1: health. just, it's just, they picked the wrong month because yes. everybody loves May. May's, May's beautiful.
0: Great. Like that's like hope is there. It's yeah, all around like, you. Okay.
1: Things are coming back alive. You need it in February when everybody, at least if you live in Utah, well, is anywhere like on the near verge. here.
0: It's not just Utah, but gosh, it's like,
1: All the states that deal
0: with long, long winters.
1: Yeah. It needs to be moved to February. So if anybody knows somebody that can like pass that bill or get that on the docket somewhere, um, we would like to sign our name on that petition to have it moved.
0: Yeah. For sure. Because it's the two months, February, and March, that you have to be most proactive and (laughs) relentless to keep your mental health where it is. I mean, I was having a conversation with my dad and my dad's like the guy that if I'm like, there's the guy that has it all.
1: Well, and he's he's like the like most optimistic person, happiest, of all most time. positive person. Yeah.
0: But even now, it's just like, ah, yeah, my car's dirty.
1: So you're not alone if that's how you're feeling. Like, no, you are. In this very time good of company. year,
0: it takes some drastic measures. So it's facts, it is. Yeah, but I'm glad we can move through that. And there, see, those are two things we agree on.
1: Yep. See,
0: of all the things maybe, we don't.
1: Maybe it's gonna work out after all.
0: Okay, well, let's stop wasting people's time and get to some points here that are probably hopeful. If you guys have been following us for a while, joined joined us in any of the other shows, you know that we try to teach some of these principles on how families, spouses, or parents, siblings, grandparents can help their loved one who's suffering from addiction. Yep. Because truly the belief that we have, and I have from years of experience, is the only people who recover from their addictions are those that have a support group to help them. Now, a support group could be your AA group or different recovery groups at first, but for long-term success and recovery, you have to have a support group, which is the greatest one God gave us. Yes. Our families. Correct. Trying to help educate them as to what it's going to take to support their loved one, maybe through the process, but most importantly to get the process started.
1: Right. And the actual like tactical approach. To yeah. That.
0: So today we're talking about one of my favorite topics. And before you judge or think too far into it, when I announce it, I really challenge just to, to hear the, fa- the, the reasons behind it. Yeah. So the, the topic today is called the tip of the iceberg. Ooh, everybody knows that phrase, right? Heard I just it think before. of Titanic. I actually looked up the, the definition, and I want to read it. In Webster, the tip of the iceberg, if it's a noun phrase. The description is, a small part of something, and then in parentheses it says, such is a problem, that is seen or known about when there is a much larger part that is not seen or know, known about. And man, we're going to get into it. Why understanding that principle is usually the tipping point. <laughs> it's funny. Tip tip. Yes. The tipping point for families to actually move forward and get their loved one help. Right. But before we discuss why that topic is so critical for your loved one who's suffering from an addiction, what are some practical ways in which we all deal with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we really all do. I mean, it's like when you're talking to friends at the gym, and they're like, "How are you doing?" and you're like, "I'm good.
0: I'm good." When it's funny. You're you do really that. like,
1: "I'm barely hanging on." And when I woke up this morning, I I didn't want to get out of bed, and I yeah. started to
0: cry. No one knows that, not even your spouse, <laughs> right? And so we're all guilty of this in some in some way or another, yeah, right? For sure. Here's a couple examples I wrote down that I thought were interesting. These are probably different than your example that's okay mine are always practical and a little bit ghetto um so the last time you had a serious upset stomach we're talking the d like bad yeah right like you didn't know if you're gonna make it through the night and you're curled around your toilet going i'm gonna die beads of sweat coming down your head that kind of stomach ache yeah what details did you share if any even with those close to you
1: right it's like, oh man, last night was rough. <laughs>
0: it was rough. I, my <laughs> stomach was inside out. Right. You didn't share the fact that you were crying, that you are sweating.
1: Yeah, that you like on, honestly thought you weren't going to make it.
0: Yeah. Now, outside of maybe the one person that you feel safe with and trust, no one knows. Right. If it's like your employer or something, you might be like, hey, I'm really sorry if I'm not totally here today. I'd, I had a tummy ache last night. Yeah. Isn't my that tummy cute? hurt. Tummy. My tummy. My tummy hurt. The, the other one is... Last time you tripped and fell on your face. Now I'm going to be transparent and vulnerable. One of my resentments in life is that I'm not taller. I don't trip because (laughs) I am. He
1: doesn't trip because I'm
0: short enough. Like I am like a cat. Like if I trip, it would never fall. I don't have that far to fall. So I don't have a problem with this, but the last time you fell tripped and fell, I almost slipped on ice once.
1: I was going to say that, but I didn't want to. (laughs) I'm glad you admitted it. I caught
0: myself, which was crazy. (laughs) It hurt my wrist. But But
1: you almost did. I was like, ah, get your phone. Record it.
0: If no one saw you trip and fall, how relieved would you be? And would you tell anyone?
1: Right. Like, oh, man. No.
0: Nowadays, you get busted on people's door cams a lot. Like if they had those rain cameras. Yeah. Okay, what if you're fearful of losing your job or you're miserable at work? I think that's
1: a big one. I think that's a big one that people like generally live in that zone where they're like, yeah, I just do it. It pays the bills, whatever. But like, it's actually like killing me.
0: Okay. So here is the kicker. Even those closest to you, your spouse, your best friend, what they know about the depth of that suffering (laughs) or discomfort is "Ah, work's just stressful. Yeah. Work's not fulfilling.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think about this a lot when I walk into church, to be honest with you, because I think we all go to church and we like, wear our sunday best and we like have our sunday smiles on and and that's good i'm not saying that's a bad thing but what i'm saying is it kind of creates a scenario where like you 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 place like a brick wall in front of you where like vulnerability is tough right like that you don't even feel like you can or should fall apart and it's funny because it it's like the play it's like the hospital for the soul like it's where you should be able to go and just be raw and real and And maybe show up like without your hair combed because last night really was that hard for you. Or Sundays are the worst day of your week and you're just trying to like survive, you know.
0: But it's not the case.
1: It's not. It's not the case. The other
0: one I wrote down is like, for example, if you and your spouse are strapped financially, it's tough. Right. And you're seriously fearful of like what could happen next, like how you're going to pay your bills this next month. I, the question is: Do your neighbors, close friends, or maybe even other family members really know how bad it is?
1: No, nobody does. So, my
0: goodness, we we all do it. We sugarcoat things. we say, t- and why? I mean, just why? Why is that in a general sense?
1: Uh, you don't want to worry people that love you. I think that's one of them. And you don't want to be vulnerable. Like you don't Correct. want that. You you don't want to show that. To I
0: them. I really put some thought. So I was I was writing it down as I pondered it. I think we want to give the best version of ourselves to people for multiple reasons. I don't even think it's for bad intentions, but we want them to know the best, think the best. Like you said, we avoid vulnerability at all costs. When things are so undeniable that we can't deny it anymore, we still give them what little half truths. Yeah. Just little snippets. Just,
1: just enough that like they know, but they don't really know the depth of it. Right. Like they know enough to feel like, okay, they told me something, but they don't know enough to be concerned. Yeah. Right.
0: Like you could hear your spouse up all night. Like you could hear the rummaging, but you didn't know that it was the worst stomach ache of their life. Yeah. Right. Well, I think people also feel ashamed, embarrassed and scared. Yeah. Naturally. We also want people's approval. Right. And you mentioned on one, but I think is a very big one for most of us is that it's, it's clear on the other side of this equation, but we don't want to burden or worry others with right. our problems.
1: Right. You don't want to be somebody's project. You don't want to, you know, maybe expose something to them that could make them feel like they need to like fix you, or, or you know, just become kind of like a pity, pity friendship or story yeah. for them. And as
0: a reminder. Maybe you've already heard me share this before, but that was the root of my addiction. Yes. When people are, when, it took a, a few years to actually like trace it back and pinpoint it. I, as a young person, was, like, I, my, I was fearful of disappointing yeah, my parents or my family or those close to me.
1: Yeah. So and you it, don't want to, like, come to them saying, I'm struggling no, with this because then no. my heavens. Then they're going to be, like, disappointed. Not
0: because- only was I not giving partial truths, I was lying that I was doing better than I was. So right. that's a big one. And then I also just said human nature is to protect ourselves from pain and nothing hurts more than emotional pain. Right. And I don't, I typically get sidetracked. It's like the remaining aspects of my ADD, I guess. But that one right there in itself is a big point. Yeah. Physical pain versus emotional pain. If there's something I've learned in the last few years, it's how terrible we are as a society and as people addressing emotional pain. If your daughter or your spouse broke their back, like broke their back in an accident or something happened. And you went, found out the diagnosis is in order for them to walk, there's only about a 25% chance that they can walk again or to function normally. It's going to be 12 months of rigorous work, like intense yeah. physical therapy, medications, emotional, all this stuff. If you're listing out all the things for this rehabilitation process.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big list.
0: What is everyone going to do?
1: They're, they're going to be in charge of the list and make sure every single thing is done perfectly to the T that you're staying on schedule, that you're not missing anything.
0: Every one of us and our dear friends, they would sell their house. They would sell their cars to get them the help they need. Yeah. Everyone would be there. They'd make the sacrifices to get them to their appointments. And the person who's broken as much as they would be down in the dumps and hurting and in pain, they would do the work.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't be like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to."
0: Well, think about when you see it. those videos, those inspirational stories of someone who got in an accident and they're like learning to walk again, and they're yeah. like holding those things, and there's like machines holding them up and yeah. contraptions helping them take their first step.
1: Yeah, you don't see anybody like screaming that they don't want to try.
0: No, they're there. It's in its beautiful process, but when you talk about emotional, so we're talking about spiritual or emotional wounds where people are broken. Yeah. Rarely do you ever see that type of healing. Effort. Right. Most often people are like, no, I just need to knock it off. Or people just kind of ignore it, want it to go away, disappear. And the person who's hurting is going to find, and this is I'm not even saying they're in the depths of addiction. The person who's hurting from that emotional pain is going to do everything at all costs necessary to avoid.
1: Yes. To avoid having to think to it. I could it. go
0: on this topic forever. Like,
1: Yeah. But I want to know, like, in your opinion, then why is this principle the tip of the iceberg so, so, so critical when it comes to addiction, okay, to, so thank to families you. with addiction. Thank
0: you for bringing me back. She does that often. Back to topic. So when it comes to the tip of the iceberg, because quite frankly, every family member or loved one gets to a point where they're like seriously concerned. Okay. They already surpassed the times where they noticed things, found things, discovered things, saw things, and they're just like, mm, hmm, hmm. So they moved past that noticing discovery phase and now they're worried, they're concerned. Yeah. They're maybe starting to talk to people or putting a little effort out there to find out what they can do to help. And now they're concerned about their loved one, but what is that based upon?
1: Right, just just the little bit of information that they have.
0: I'm telling you, if there's one thing that's proven to be true every time in the last 15 years, helping other families, being any part of their journey with them, it is this fact is true 100% of the times that what you know, what you found, what you discovered is just a tiny fraction of what's going on. Right. And there's two sides of this. There's people who are like, well, no, that's ridiculous. We have a great relationship. They tell us everything. They tell me when they have sex. They tell me when they do this. They tell me when they do that drug. I know those relationships exist. They do. Right. But what they are telling you is just enough. Right. They're, they're deciding to tell you some things, but they're not telling you everything. No. They're, they're telling not. you, hey, I had a stomach ache last night. Yeah. I was I was in the bathroom with diarrhea. But yeah. they don't tell you that they were questioning if they're gonna make it through the night and they were crying and they were miserable. So correlate that back to someone in active addiction. They might tell you the things that they're doing. Yeah, like, with.
1: oh yeah, I've been I've been smoking weed, I've been I've been I did a couple mushrooms, like whatever, yeah. but they're not telling
0: They're like you. I drink, but I don't really like drinking. I smoke weed, but I don't like smoking weed, like I don't even like the medications my doctor gives me, but yeah, what they don't tell you is how much they obsess about it, how much they do it, how much they're consuming, how frequently they do it. The other things that they're doing that they dabbled with cocaine or fentanyl or heroin last week.
1: Yeah. Or Um, that the shame that they feel for doing this is making them want to kill themselves or whatever. Like they're not telling you on
0: the other side of this is people that don't share everything. And that's the majority. Right. And so what, you know, what you discovered are just the crumbs that they dropped this was the case in my situation. And with a lot of people that I've been really close with your family, who's now concerned is based upon the areas where you got sloppy, made a mistake, messed up. Yeah. You dropped some crumbs.
1: And that is so scary.
0: You forgot to take the gosh, this one I've heard a lot. Like someone found like the top of a liquor bottle, like the cap in someone's bag or it, it had fallen out and they found it maybe on the floor or the bed or something. Yeah. Or they had paraphernalia for vaping, which is used for so many drugs. By the way, if your loved one is saying they're quote vaping, the amount of things that can be put into their contraption and consumed, holy cow, it would terrify you. But they find like their device, like their little vape pen or yeah. something. That is where they messed up. That's where they forgot to hide or conceal what they're doing and carrying. And you were just like, you found it. Yeah. So now they're like, uh-oh, yep, that's mine. I'm sorry. I got it for my friend. I've only had it for about two days. It, I I just tried it this one time. Yeah. Bull.
1: Yeah. And that that's what's really really I think critical for families to understand is just like whatever like punch in the face you got when you discovered whatever it is it really is just the tip of the iceberg. Like great, so glad you found that little crumb to wake you up, but don't do not let it lure you into like this sleep where you're like, well, it's, they, I talked to him about it and it really was just this, or, you know, this was really just the case and, and minimizing it, minimizing it, minimizing it a lot for yourself because it's, it's very scary to think maybe it could be way more than this. You don't want to think that about somebody you love generally anyway. Human nature
0: is to think the best, right? especially about someone you love. We think the best about a lot of people, but some people that we don't love, we might think the worst, but with those we love, we always think the best yeah. and we hope yeah. for the best. So this is really empowering because a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, great. So you're telling me that what I know or what I found is, is there, it's even worse. Right. How's that supposed to help me? Yeah. That's depressing. That's terrifying. Right.
1: And, and I mean, and sorry, it is a little bit terrifying. It, it is, but knowing is better than not knowing. It's,
0: it is transformative. Yeah. And here's why because instead of now questioning or wondering going, Oh my gosh, we have a problem. Like I found this, I confronted them. They told me they're using drugs or they're drinking. You're now a level nine out of 10 fearful, maybe straight to 10. When you understand that there is a hundred percent of the time, a lot more going on. And again, this is twofold. It's really irrelevant to me. Like if they, you found drugs and they're actually doing a lot of different drugs and consuming it more than, you know, yes, that's a problem. But the alarming part is you aren't aware of the suffering that's going on inside that they may or may not even be aware of, which is fueling this use.
1: Right, right.
0: So why this is empowering is once a family truly grasps onto this concept that says, okay, I I know it. I know that there's so much more going on than I'm even aware of. They move from fear-driven like, situation where they're questioning what they're doing or doubting or wondering if they're overreacting right every family does this like they're really like oh, I don't want to push them I don't want to make things worse or I don't want to be overreacting if I shouldn't yeah, yeah it it when you understand this it takes you from questioning to conviction right we need to do something yes. and we need to do something now yeah we don't want to be the family. The story that happens 99% of the time, which is they look back and see all these different times when they should have done something and they didn't. Right. Because right. it it is such a process to go from, oh, we should do something to actually putting the action. It's the same thing. Like what if you're like severely overweight and you're like, I know I need to go in. The doctor's told me. I've had the diagnosis. I got to go in. The hurdle of getting in and changing your entire lifestyle and your diet and doing all the work, whew, it takes a lot. Yes, it does. The alternative to this. And this isn't, this isn't a philosophy of mine. This is just the truth. This is the raw nature that every time you find out that someone you love is suffering, there's something much more significant going on.
1: Yes. It, and I want to, I actually, I want to, I want to just say something because th- this past week I was with Danny and I were together and somebody that we've known for a while and like knows what we do. And like, you know, it, it, we are good acquaintances with, you know, we, we see him every week. So, He literally is like, Hey, I know we got to talk about this and this, and we have other things to tackle, but I got to just say something. Um, My son has an alcohol problem and I really don't know what to do about it. And I just, I literally like stopped and wrote this down because Danny immediately said, no, your son does not have an alcohol problem. He has an alcohol solution. His problem is an emotional or, or spiritual wound. That's his problem. It's a wound that he hasn't been able to heal, but he found something to help him forget about it. And I think that if you can view your loved one's, quote, problem more like that, then this concept that we're, we're going over right now is becomes much more powerful because it, it takes a little bit of the fear out of it, right? Like, yes, I see, I'm seeing something that I don't like and I don't want to know that there's more underneath that iceberg, but also you can see, okay, that's just like a solution that they have found for something deeper and I am their person and I can help them with that. That becomes a little bit more approachable, right? It sure
0: does. And it takes the focus off what is not the problem. Right. It's not the, it's not the alcohol, it's not the drugs, it's not the prescriptions, it's not the, the porn, it's, it's what's underneath that, okay? And yes. I think most people are now coming to a point where they understand that, but it is powerful. You yeah. focus on that the, there's a problem and that problem is so much worse than you're even aware of. So now instead of questioning, should I do something? You act, you act upon it. My professional recommendation is you go down swinging. Yes. Like even if you are overreacting a little bit. Yes. If your loved one, again, going back to our example, broke their back, did, would anybody go to the doctor and be like, oh my gosh, I think this plan's a little excessive.
1: Yeah, do the minimum Are you serious? 12
0: months? Really?
1: Right. am not sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> every time I see that voice it's Chris rock is the funniest show. There's this comedy thing. He always no goes, Kevin, Hart. Oh, it's Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> really? But it it's, it's true. You would never go to the doctor and be like, that plan is excessive. Yeah. I, like I, we
1: don't really need to uh, take care of it. That
0: we're deep. so athletic as a family. We can do it in eight months. Right. Okay. Right. So we're going to do Let's, let's change this to an eight month program. Right. You can never over treat treat or overreact to help someone who's suffering from a spiritual emotional wound. The alternative to this, if you can't get yourself to truly grasp the concept that there's so much more going on and we need to act now, what happens for everybody is it goes to the point where you wait until they're in a serious accident. Yes. Till things get really bad, right? Like divorce, maybe abuse, physical altercations, Emergency room they, they get visits. incarcerated or whatever. Yeah. Then people are like, oh, help, oh my gosh, this, is, this problem is so bad.
1: Yeah, and you're like, well, it's been this bad for a while and you just-
0: It, it just caught up to them.
1: Didn't want to Nothing
0: it. changed in their life. It just caught up to them. But now yeah. you have more problems to deal with. Yeah. So that's the route that most people take and it's okay if you get there, still act when you get there. But if you're not to that point yet, then know that this simple concept can change everything. Yep. Whatever there is they're dealing with, it's a lot more than you already know. And you already know enough to be concerned. So let's do something about it. That's right. I love it. Hopefully it's an important thing that can maybe help some of you out there. And if not, share it with someone that you can. Um, again, our goal is to just help all of you out there who love someone stuck in the darkness. Because there is a way, li- a way out. There is. And I'm living proof of that. And I could have never done it without an army of help around me. So I'm grateful they all learned these tools at some point or I wouldn't be here. Me too. Hope you guys have a good week and uh, can fight through the uh, the cold. And if your spouse gives you a weird look and you're wondering what it is, maybe think the positive side of it.
1: (laughs) Assume positive intent, guys. That's (laughs) the message.
0: See you guys next show.